Hello and welcome to Cold Classic Society, the podcast of I, Tim Martini, and my pal Bobby Davis. Hello. Go through all the media, the movies, the TV shows, the books, the games, everything that we love. And we try and see if the other person likes it just as much. Bobby, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm pretty good actually, Tim. You know, the days are getting longer, we're getting a bit more sunlight. God, I think by the time this comes out, we're looking at around the time uh, the clocks change as well, so that'll be nice. In, I always get confused. Do they go forwards or backwards and spring? Uh, they go forwards. So what so is now, say, hour. five o'clock becomes six o'clock. Okay, so we lose an hour of sleep. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, it's a Saturday <laughs> night. What do you care? <laughs> Stay in bed. I'm still, I'm still young. I still go out on Saturday nights. Exactly. Go out on a Saturday night and then just stay in bed. Just wake up at a, uh, what is it? You wake up at a one, one in the afternoon. Just wake up at two instead. <laughs> That's definitely more lazy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so today we're going to be talking about Ice Nine Kills. What do you know about them? So, I'll say that in a few episodes. I used to work for probably the biggest merchant of media in this country. For a long time I worked for them. I used to see their CDs, their vinyl records, and I'll be honest with you, I thought, this band has got a rubbish name. Are they trying to be the Nine Inch Nails? I I will not like, I'm probably going to trip up a lot in this episode and accidentally say Nine Inch Nails. So when you said Ice Nine Kills, I actually wrote Nine Inch Nails at the top of my notes, and then when you sent me the link, I opened it, I was like, oh, it's that other band. (laughs) (laughs) And... So I did. I, I, was, I had a real prejudgment of them just from their name. And I still, I'm going to say this, irrespective of the next hour of conversation we have, the name is dorky. I do not like the name. I think it's super dorky. It really reminds me of... Did you ever have any kids growing up with who were metal kids who thought they were really hard and would like give themselves cool names and wear loads of metal ring, like long finger things and metal wristbands and... Oh wait, was that you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what I will say is, as a teenager, that is absolutely fine. Yeah. All teenagers do cringy ass shit. What this band reminds me of is people who do that into adulthood. The people who just never escape their emo phase. They're not emo. They think they're like death metal, except they're wearing like leather bracelets with spikes on them, and they're thirty-five. I was like, what are you doing? I'm not saying you have to outgrow anything. But I think there becomes a time where you're at a certain point in your life that maybe you measure certain things. Pull it back. Just pull it back a little bit. Or like there's a time and place where you go fully into that. Like at gigs or festivals. Yeah, yeah. Or but there are people who won't change their whole outlook and they'll like they'll wear like work dress like that to their job. It's like, what are you doing? I mean then also those people probably have face tattoos, so they're probably fucked anyway. Yeah. Uh, the only like I think face tattoos are cool as fuck. Yeah. But the only people who should add them are tattooists and rock stars. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise they do hinder your life. Yeah, you know, they're, they're called job stoppers for a reason. Yeah, and I think, I swear, the only place these people end up working is, like, metal bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the only place that's going to take them. Though, they seem to think, because, like, the, the, the music has violent lyrics, that they're actually also hard as well, which I think is foolish of them. <laughs> I hung out with the punkier kids at school, and I kind of avoided most of these guys. And I still... See, most of them grow out of it. And yeah. they're still metalheads, and they still will wear a Pantera t-shirt. Maybe not Pantera anymore. They'll still wear a Metallica t-shirt or whatever. Yeah. And their black jeans, and even their boots. But you know what? I'm not going to wear a dog collar with seven-inch spikes on it now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to think I'm hard because I listen to lyrics about death. Yeah, exactly. So that's... that. Genuinely, 
my brain, the second that I see that name, makes me think of those people every time. <laughs> so, kind of me surprised when the whole the music is way punkier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, like, actually, I'll say a lot of it leans more into punk than metal. Yeah, so they used to be more of a emo like punk bands. Yeah, like one of the their songs that the title just always like makes me cringe. It's called "The Fastest Way to a Girl's Heart Is Through Her Chest." Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not even My Chemical Romance would have said that. <laughs> no, but thankfully, um, once they got to these two albums that we could be looking at, the Silver Screams. They kind of grew out of that, and they kind of let more into the metal, like punk. They have been recently described as metal core. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. They We're, remind me of um, a day to remember. Yes, who are hardcore, yeah, punk. No, not hardcore punk. They're hardcore or punk. <laughs> like it depends what you you want to call it. Exactly. So we're just gonna go straight into the first album, The Silver Screams, which came out in 2018, and the opening track. The American Nightmare. So Not before, about Cody Rhodes. That was my first note. <laughs> before we get into that, you challenged me. You said all of these films are about horror. All these songs, sorry, are about horror films. Yes. And I said I probably won't get any of them. Yeah. I surprised myself. I've got a few of them, and I know that I, I know I'm right. But what I did for the ones I didn't know is I've just written a list of really popular films, <laughs> and I'm gonna take pot shots. <laughs> and I think I want to start with like the most famous one, and then work my way through the list. Sure. So, let's do that, right? Okay. <laughs> so, The American Nightmare. So, I think we've discussed this. We discussed it in the Slipknot episode. A Way to My Heart is sampling old TV or films in music. Yes. I love it. And I don't know why. It just... I think it's cool. I think it works. I love it being a PSA about dreaming. Yes. So, I actually took a quote here. Smashing my way through the golden age of the silver screen is a really good hook. Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, there are creepy children... Yes. And creepy children are the worst thing in the world. So there is a reason for all of that, but it is due to the film that this is based off. Can I just tell you, have I ever explained to you my, like, what I think is the worst thing that's happening on television in the last, like, ten years? What is it? The Haribo adverts. Adults speaking with children's voices. Oh, God. It actually makes my skin crawl. (laughs) It's the worst thing in the world. And I genuinely put it in... You know when horror movies and horror TV shows use creepy kids as kind of an easy get-out? Yeah. Genuinely, those Haribo adverts fall in the same thing as me. It's so grim. And I can't do creepy children. I don't know why. That's fair. But So I want to do talk about the nursery rhyme. Okay, but yeah. first, I want you to tell me what you think this this film is. So, I'll, I'm going to tell you this, right? I didn't pick up the thing about dreaming until you just said it. So, originally, I was going to say Friday the 13th. But, you just said about dreaming. And I know there's one killer that only haunts dreams. Yeah. So, it's a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing's I'll... about dreaming, because like, the PSA is about sleep. You know what? I didn't... In my notes, I didn't... I don't <laughs> think I picked up that that like, was about the killer. And then, like... The chorus, which has the best line in the song, which is, on the American Nightmare of American Dreams of counting the bodies while you count sheep. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> so the nursery rhyme, that, so the nursery rhyme they do on that is a play on the one in Nightmare on Elm Street, which is one, two, Freddy's coming for you, three, four, nice at your door, five, six, grab your crucifix, I've seven, seen, eight, you're going to stay up late. I've only seen the first Nightmare on Elm Street, and it was a long time ago I saw it. So I, I own the entire... Series on oh, Blu-ray. You're gonna you're gonna hear me say that quite a couple of times. I'm sure you I thought you'd have it on like 4K there's and the four, three and the three D Blu-ray. Of it yet. Really, <laughs> I did say that Cody Rhodes 
we could use this as an entrance theme. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it's hard to not imagine Cody, Cody coming out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's for any non-wrestling fans. There's a wrestler called Cody Rhodes whose nickname is the American Nightmare. Yeah, because he's based off his father's, who was the American Dream. But did you know? Sorry, random wrestling fact in WCW. Dustin Rhodes, Cody's brother, called himself the American Nightmare. Oh, really? He yeah. Probably, he probably asked his brother. They're close. I really like this song. I think it's a great opening track. It's it's quite pop-punky. Yeah. It's This is the one where I was like, these, these guys sound like a day to remember to me. And already, this generally the first time I was like, this is shaking my biased view just from their name. <laughs> what do you think of uh, the vocals? Spencer Charnas' vocals? I like his style. He sound, but he. I will say this: he sounds like Patrick Stump. <laughs> Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy. He really sounds like him. Yeah. And the, the right, the, especially in the I don't know about earlier albums, but in these two albums, the hooks are really Fallout Boy esque as well. Yeah. So it makes it even more like in your face. There are points where I'm like, this sounds like a Fallout Boy song. And I think maybe six or seven times through my notes of these two albums, I say this sounds like a Fallout Boy song. I'm gonna say I his performance like. Oh, his vocal performance is much better than it is in his older songs because mm. it will be like these like like scorn lover songs and he'll be like hey, you know what what baby <laughs> it's like Ugh. oh god so he he's clearly matured and I think writing about something that he's clearly passionate about being yeah. like horror movies it's so much better and Fallout Boy and Fallout Boy <laughs> so we're going to go into the next song unless you have more notes about American Nightmare no I've got a, a note about I, when I clicked on the Spotify link you sent me, yeah, I did notice that nearly nearly all of the song titles are idioms, yeah, like common sayings, catchphrases, yeah, and also so are the lyrics. <laughs> they clearly have a book of idioms that he uses to write songs. <laughs> I think it's because a lot of it's like just based on pop culture and everything. Yeah, so the obviously. You say we say about Cody Rhodes and stuff, but the American Dream is a, a popular saying in America. Yeah, thank God it's Friday. Another popular saying exactly. in America. <laughs> the first thing I think of with "Thank God it's Friday" is shit food. Because <laughs> TGI Fridays is awful. I've never been to TGI Fridays. Uh, you know, do you know? You know, it's no longer TGI Fridays. It's just Fridays. Is it really? And yeah, I, I've not been in one since I was a teenager. Even as a teenager, I thought it wasn't great. No, I've never had anything from TGIs, and I'm. I'm thankful for it. So, what do you think this was based off? Well, it's got Friday in the title, so Friday the 13th. Yes. <laughs> so, I love how it opens up with a fireside rendition of the chorus. Yeah. Because, obviously, Friday the 13th movies, they're based off, like, killings at summer camps. Yeah, yeah. So, then, after that fireside opening, it goes into the heavy key, 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 ma, ma, ma. Do you know what that's about? No. <laughs> so, that is used in the credits and a lot in the Friday franchise. It's a West Ring of... But, so in the um, first movie, spoilers for the movie from the 80s, the killer is Pamela Voorhees, and in her head, that is her son, Jason, saying, kill their mummy. Oh, okay. But she, her, she's messed up, so that's how she hears it. So that, But then that became a uh, motif for the entire franchise, because it's just so iconic. That makes sense, yeah. So, I've got a few notes on the song. Uh, I like the vocal change from the screaming to the melodic. Again, reminds me of Day to Remember. I love Day to Remember. And I like the um, the movie sample where it says, Do you know my son died in this lake? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, nice. the, use of, the use of Pamela Voorhees' voice. 
there's the uh, line, you're all doomed. That's a reference to one of the characters in the first Friday the 13th called Crazy Ralph. Do you know what that reminds me of? I said, I've, I've noted that down. Have you seen, it's, I think it's quite a recent thing, there's a guy on Instagram who does these metal memes where he takes old memes and vines and does metal breakdowns and then places them in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it sounded like a meme put over a breakdown. It's so good. It goes all pop punk after about two minutes. For a little bit, it's like, this is pop punky as hell. <laughs> I love the chorus of, like, he drowned in all our sins because the way Jason originally died in the first movies, he, well, drowned in the lake. Drowned in the lake, yeah. As she said, did you know my son died in this lake? Yeah. So, also, fun fact about the ending of the song, you know how there's that very soft piano bit, yeah. and then it goes into the kiki mama at the end. I've written here, I don't love the last 10 seconds. <laughs> so, there's th- that is actually a joke based on the ending of the first Friday the okay. 13th, which has this, I kid you not, three-minute tracking shot of the final survivor on the boat in the lake. This track's in, it's all like swelling, swelling, swelling. And there's a jump scare from baby Jason oh, coming out of the sake. lake. That's And that's what it's a reference to. Uh, when I first heard that, I couldn't stop laughing. So yeah, I don't know my... I think Have I seen Friday the 13th? I think I must have, but a long time ago. Okay, so we'll move on to Stabbing in the Dark, which... This, this gives it away right at the beginning, what this is. Because it says the suspect's been identified as Michael Myers. So, <laughs> yeah. It's Halloween. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Hall- it's Halloween. I told you, most of these are quite obvious to me. This is my favourite song on the album. I can see that. I... The drilling... There's like a real drilling drum and guitar. Yeah. It really it actually reminds me of Slipknot, so no wonder you love it. <laughs> um it actually there's clearly some like modern hardcore influences they've taken as well. It's yeah. not just metal or punk. They clearly like hardcore. Oh yeah. They're clearly influenced by like, a whole range of like in the rock atmosphere. Yeah. I love the opening with like the piano, the yeah, build up the intro, and then like the clock dialing like midnight for it being Halloween. And it's then, really good. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not my favourite. Uh to kind of give it away, my favourite was the first track. I love that first track. I thought it was really cool. But it's one of my preferred tracks on here. Yeah. Uh, it's the like the guitar riff like straight after when he goes these are the devil's eyes. Yeah. It's oh it's so good. I actually found this one despite enjoying it all the way through, it didn't have much to me that I could grab out to write about. You know when there's an album track, you go, This is a good album track. Yeah. That's what this felt like to me. Oh, honestly. I have so much to say, so... Oh, I'll let, I'll let you talk then. <laughs> yeah. That, this guitar, it just feels like a fucking, like... That's when, like, a mosh pit starts. Yeah, for sure. It's just a hype song. The bridge, where it's like, I'm the show where the once was like... Um, it goes on trick or fucking treat, just like, heaviness of it. Yeah. And it's like that breakdown, like... Oh, <laughs> it's so good. It is good. I do like his use of um, talking. Yeah. Like, he stops and talks. You said it, he did it in the early stuff as well. Yeah. But I actually think, if it was a serious album, I'd be like, stop talking all the time. Yeah. But because it's tongue-in-cheek about horror, exactly. it really works. And what I kind of like, it's like, these use the references to the song cleverly. It's not just like, well, I'm just going to retell the entire story. It's like, yeah. no, no, we're going to make a song based around the movie and throwing references when we can. Yeah, definitely. So then there's... Savages. First thing I wrote is, why all capitals? It's cool. <laughs> Fair enough. What do you think it's based off? I think, uh, well, I actually, this is what I didn't know. So, Savages, I was like, I looked at my list and I was like, Savages, what could that be of these kind of 15 that I've written down? Lost Fifth. Boys? <laughs> no. No? What is it? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 
There's only one savage in that. <laughs> no, there's a whole family of savages. Oh, is there? I don't think I've seen it, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> I have very little notes about this song. I think it's just one of those songs that's just used to, like, to get a crowd excited, especially with the hey, hey, hey in the free chorus. So I said, yeah, so there's the battle call, the hey, hey, yeah. hey. It's, again, a massive thing. So when bands like Day to Remember and similar ones of that elk erupted kind of in... 2011, 12. Yeah. There was a lot, they did a lot of that to kind of get the, the pits going. So there's a song called Downfall of a Soul, and it literally yes. starts with the duh, 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 duh. It reminds me of stuff like that. Also, I feel like the song's very repetitive. Both of the verses just sound way too similar to me. Do you know what this this song sounded like to me? What? It sounds like Faint by Linkin Park. I get that, yeah. Yeah. Don't turn your back on me, I won't be ignored, Tim. <laughs> I will not be ignored. <laughs> And then there's a Breakfast Club reference. Mess with the horns and you get the devil. Sounds like mess with the ball and you get the horns. Yeah. Mess with the horns and you get the devil. That's again, well, mess with the ball, you get the horns isn't just a breakfast club. It's a, um, an idiom. Yeah. And there's more than one in this one because they also say nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Yeah. Another idiom. They're just, they're just full of them. <laughs> so what it is, it's actually not a bad songwriting technique because people like familiar things. Yeah. And most people, will know most of the phrases so actually hearing common phrases will subconsciously like pull you in because yeah. it's like a warm thing thing like something you know and understand yeah. you know what that phrase means so exactly you, 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 are, you tune into the song more so it's actually not a bad songwriting technique I don't think no it's not and I think for a song like this where you just want to get the crowd amped up I think it works so then we move into the jig is up this one I got because one line gave it away and then I looked at the title and it kind of all pieces together. It says, the choice is yours, live or die. Yeah. And it's called, the jig is up. Yeah. So I was like, jigsaw, yeah. saw, it's saw. Yeah. I mean, there's also the whole bit in the chorus where he uses the word saw like five times. Yeah. There's, see, the thing is though, that, that doesn't even necessarily jump out to me, like the, rep- the repetition of the word. That, the, the live or die thing is clearly like a story beat and that, that's what got my attention. Yeah. It's, this song's like super screamo as yeah. well. Like, as you said, they come from that kind of emo background. It really reminded me of like the screamo stuff from the kind of the mid-2000s. Yeah. And there's another idiom in there, all systems go. <laughs> game was, over. Yeah, I mean, game over is like one of the big um, catchphrases of the Saw franchise. Oh, yeah. I think, it is, I think, they, I think it's how they bookend every I think movie. I've seen like the first, second or third one. I think that's it. I've, I've watched all of them. <laughs> It reminds me, the, the way they did the game over in the kind of video game style reminded yeah. me of, again, Data Remember when their song Second Sucks and they do the <laughs> fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I do like how they use like a voice filter to make it sound like T's Jigsaw. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I did enjoy this song. It's yeah. not not my favourite, but it's a good song. They recreate... Well, they don't recreate. They make their own version of the Saw theme where it goes that very heavy, like... Dun, dun, dun. Oh, is that what it is? I knew I recognised yeah. it. I thought it sounded familiar, yeah. Yeah, it's their own version of the Saw theme. Obviously, they're doing it with much more like, heavier backing on it. So, the next song, A Grave Mistake. I don't think you're going to get this. I didn't think you'd get this one. Hmm. So I wrote... Oh, maybe it wasn't, maybe it's in the second album. For one of them, I wrote Pet Cemetery, And this is obviously says Grave, but I don't think it's this one. I think it's no, another one. That's in the second album. Yeah, okay. <laughs> also, We've also not mentioned the fact that most of these are familiar to me because of... Uh, Treehouse of Horror Simpsons <laughs> episodes actually I'm more familiar with the Simpsons episodes than I am with the films <laughs> so a grave mistake uh, let me let me look at my list I'll just I'll just, I'll just punt one Exorcist no 
what is it? The Crow. Oh, the uh, Brandon Lee yeah. movie where he got shot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Why do you worry about that, man? Because <laughs> it's actually quite a tragic love story. Yes. Yeah. I have seen the movie. About Vengeance, the yeah. yeah. I love this song. Yeah, is it one of your... It's not one of my... F- this okay. is another one I found really hard to difficult to make much notes on. The only note I did think is they use Reap What You Sow, which is another idiot. <laughs> yeah, you Reap What You Sow. But I just love this like, the first time where it's all the Spencer's soft vocals. Like, no scream oh, okay, or everything. Yeah. So it's just, like, nice... It's like, he let his, vo- like, his voice have a little break. Boy can sing. He can <laughs> he can hit them high notes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I did actually write... If if the vocals were heavier, I think it would have ruined the vibe of the song. Yeah, he's pretty chill. It, it feels like more like a ballad. Like a power ballad. Yeah. It, it's the only one I thought that didn't fit in. It doesn't sound... And this doesn't make it a bad song. No. It's just that it doesn't... The rest of the, the album has a feel... And it's because it's about horror movies and it's a bit tongue in cheek. Yeah, they the rest of it all fits. This feels like the odd one out. Yeah, I think it's more like a holdover from the other stuff. Yeah, but I said so I like because it it stands out so much. You would you would remember that song yeah. because of it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, again though, this is the yeah the one I found. I found this this is the second one. I found it difficult to kind of make notes on yeah like this just kind of just flows by I get that I get that so the song after that Rocking the Boat well I, I wouldn't to be honest I didn't even I, it gives it away straight away because it says Amity Island so it's yeah. Jaws yeah, right? yeah and that's my wife's favourite my wife Katie loves Jaws really she loves sharks yeah oh fair enough she's a big shark nerd <laughs> yeah she's actually my sister for one of her birthdays Chris got her a bag that says crazy shark lady she loves <laughs> um so I'd be killed if I didn't get that. But the rocking the boat, I I did look at the title. I was like, "Is that about Jaws?" But then my brain went, "Is Jaws a horror?" It was considered like one of the like big mainstream horror films. Yeah, it just it doesn't have horror vibes because it's all daylight and well, actually, beaches and lots of people are scared of it. Oh no! Don't get me wrong. It's when I think about it logically, it's clearly a horror. Yeah. But it doesn't abide to many of the tropes. It's not dark. It's not dingy. No. It's not a human killing everyone. It's not a ghost. It's not a, a ghoul. Well, I mean, shark, like shark movies are now their own subgenre. Yeah, Because exactly, of Jaws, yeah. I would argue. So, I love the ramp up to the first drop. Yeah. It's like, so sick, like the way they, they power through up to that. Yeah. I love the line in the chorus, because I got a fish to fry that's feeding on the week. That's, that's a good line. Such right? a good line. There's a bit also that really popped me. They say something about they're singing and there's normal singing, and underneath there's a second layer of vocals where it just the only two two words they scream is the prey. Yeah, I'm like that part me. Oh, it's, that, it's, it's when the predator will soon become the prey. Yeah, and that really made me laugh. I was like, that doesn't even like musically that sounds weird. Like <laughs> doesn't make it bad. It's just I was like this that's odd. <laughs> you gotta get those heavy vocals out sometimes, you know. Yeah, and I love the fact that there's like an Undertaker gong going off in the background yeah. at some point as well. Great times. I love how they. To say the smile you son of a bitch line I literally that was my ne- next note smile you son of a bitch and then they do the Jaws theme <laughs> yeah down, down. I mean it's such an iconic theme that you have to use it yeah well lots of movies have got songs that are associated with them heavily yeah you know Back to the Future has got Power of Love and yeah. shit like that but the very few moments in films have such iconic thing you can't help but think of that one moment yeah you hear those two notes you see a shark fin exactly. just the fin you don't think of the overall movie you think of the the shark stalking someone exactly 
there are very. I'm trying to even think of another one that's like that. Darth Vader walking to the Imperial March, maybe. There's very yeah. few that conjure specific moments in films. Yeah, like the Imperial March. Like, dun, dun. You just yeah. imagine Vader walking, yeah, striding. Or, or dun, 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 dun. James Bond. James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that just that is just his theme, though. It's, it's his, yeah. I don't think of it as a specific moment of a film. Oh, that's fair. I mean, yeah. I mean, I always just associate it with the um, opening, like bar- gun barrel. Oh sequence. yeah, yeah. There's that. They're normally done to the. I thought that was normally done to like whatever the theme for that one was, like Shirley Bassey or whatever. No, no, no. No, so he has a whole title sequence, but the gun barrel sequence is always the Bond I'll theme. Give this away. I hate James Bond. I will not take this slander. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> so, overhyped macho prick. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move swiftly uh, on. There was a bit uh, oh. that I really liked in The Rock and the Boat. We're all just floating in a shallow grave. That to me sounded like um, something like Neck Deep. Yeah. Some really modern pop punk. I thought it was cool. I like that. Some maybe state champs or something like that. Yeah. It's followed up by another like, like boy, uh, boy by the Blood of the Masses. It's like, oh. It's like you know the boy, the boys in the ocean. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. Ah, nice, nice nautical puns. I love a nautical pun. <laughs> <laughs> so the next song after this, enjoy your sleigh. So this, there are two that I thought it could be. Hear me with both of them. Well, they're both about staying in hotels. So either Psycho or the Shining. <laughs> you mean Shining? No, the Shining. <laughs> when he gets sued. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's it's the Shining. Nice. So, did you see who was featured on the song? No. I saw towards the end of this album, there were way more features. Sam Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick's grandson. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a cool one. Yeah, I wouldn't... If I'd have clocked that, maybe I would have gone straight to The Shining. <laughs> saw the Kubrick name. Yeah. I love how the song is actually from like the POV of the hotel itself. Yes, because obviously the hotel's like alive in The Shining. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's implied. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no. In the movie... It's implied yeah. in the book is just heavily just like, yep, yep, this is all real. Yeah, the hotel is moving. Yeah. So the the thank you very much, enjoy your sleigh. Yeah. That breakdown really is like proper Slipknot-esque. Yeah. So the music really sounds like Slipknot. But I think this is this might be the song in the first album anyway, where he sounds most like Patrick Stump. <laughs> There's something about it, I don't know what it was. It's just like, he really sounds like Fallout Boy. And then towards the end, I'm like, I can only hear Fallout Boy. It, and also wrote, ooh, more kids' voices. <laughs> I, I was waiting for that. Because like, I just love how it sounds like they're having so much fun just writing about The Shining. Yeah. They're, they're kind of, it's a wacky movie, so I imagine trying to like write songs about it, like fucking Blood on a Lift and whatever. <laughs> Creepy Twin Girls. Red Rum, like yeah. all of that. It's just so good. But what I wrote is, these instrumentals do not fit the vibe of the film. No, it, it doesn't. It should be eerie. And it's yeah. just not. It's either kind of heavy or pop-punky. Yeah. Like, with all of these other songs, I would say they could match the vibe. Yeah. With this, it's like, no, the shine is deliberately atmospheric. Like, most of the time, you're just staring at a corridor for most of the movie. Yeah. It's, it's literally just eerie, kind of slow-moving. Yeah. Then jump scares and creepy kids. and Yeah, you, the vibe isn't the same as the film, for sure. But at the same time, it's just such a banger of a song. It is really good. I really like this song. So the next song, Freak Flag. This might be one of my favourites as well. The Let Your Freak Flag Fly is such a good oh, hook. I don't like this song. The rest of the song, the, the verses specifically, are a little lacklustre. Yeah. 
but the chorus with the Let Your Freak Flag Fly is great. I think it's way too similar to Savages. It kind of gives yeah. the weird, the same message in a weird way. It really reminded me of um, Billy Talent. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. So, what film franchise do you think this is based off? Oh, I've got no idea. We'll go with Freak, so we'll go with Lost Boys again. No. <laughs> so this is based off a film franchise by Rob Zombie called The Devil's Rejects. Okay, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. I don't like how this song is on from their point of view, and it's meant to be like an uplifting thing, considering how big scumbags the Devil's Rejects are. Yeah, because I've written here, oh, the sentiment seems to be about being yourself, but it's yeah. probably not. It's probably about gnarly murder. <laughs> Very gruesome murders, and... So I could go... So I can't really run about the Devil's Rejects, because we're never going to cover it, because I don't want to expose you to that. Fair enough. So the whole point of these... these the second film in particular, Devil's Rejects, because House of a Thousand Corpses is a fun horror B movie, which I actually do recommend. Ray Wilson's in it, so. Oh, nice. But the second one, Devil's Rejects, it focuses mainly on three of the serial killers from House of a Thousand Corpses and positions them as like, look at them do these awful, disgusting things, but they're cool. <laughs> and they get the comeuppance at the end because they get killed. But then Good. they make a third movie where they retcon that and they actually get put in jail. And the movie ends with them living happily ever after. I'm like, what have you done, Rob? It's like, <laughs> yikes. Oh, God. So I think well, I'm part of the reason, because I, I don't like those two, the later two movies of the Devil's Rejects trilogy, it maybe puts that seed on my finger. And I don't like how this song is about them and making them uplifting. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. It makes it more twisted. So I can, I can say there's a lot of bias towards the song. I was like, if it's about anyone else, I've probably been like, eh, I like it, but because it's about them, don't like it. No, fair enough. That makes sense. Do you have any more notes about the song? Mm, no. I think it's quite simplistic for compared to a lot of the other songs. The the mu- Musically, it's a bit simplistic, but that doesn't necessarily make anything a bad song. But no, sometimes... Simple can be better sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Sometimes all you just need is a catchy hook. Yeah. So, next song. World in My Hands. Oh, God. Um... Did I write that? I didn't, I didn't even take a part on this one. All in my hands. Let me have a look at my list. Hang on. <laughs> oh, I had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre on my list as well. <laughs> I'm going to say this one. Hellraiser? No. Yeah. Edward Scissorhands. What? That's not yeah. a horror movie. That's, exactly. That threw me for a fucking loop. That is not a horror movie. No. Fuck off. It has horror elements considering he has Scissorhands. <laughs> yeah. She used it to make dinosaur bushes. Give people haircuts. <laughs> a nice sculpt, nice sculpture, yeah. But knowing that, I actually said the song has a weird Tim Burton feel. I probably have to go back and listen to it. Um, I didn't pick that up the first time round. <laughs> I, I I quoted a couple of lines. Um, the world's an ugly place. That's a fact that fate has bought me. Which yeah. I, oh, that's quite a nice line. I like the bit where, and I like I like when when bands do this well. When all the music stops for a beat, yeah, and there's like a line of dialogue, and it's the and go back, and then it drops back in, and when that's timed perfectly, yeah, it's because it goes and amazing. go back and goes right into the chorus. You said I said this another one that reminds me of Fallout Boy. Sorry, Tim, but um, I can see how Tim Burton and Fallout Boy can go together. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a line that I like in this because it actually kind of encapsulates the point of the film, which is how cool to be exposed to everything I can I can't touch but still feel. Ah, uh, yeah, because he can't touch anything. He can't touch anything, but he still feels emotions. Oh, bless him. I like, oh, there's another one I like, which is, Nice guy finished last, and that's a fact. Which he is showing me. <laughs> See, if you don't know what's about Edward Scissorhands, it just sounds like a typical like, high school movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a nice guitar solo in this. 
Oh, yeah. And the fact that they do a bit with radio effect vocals and a palm muted guitar. Yeah. That's the most pop punk thing you can do. Radio effect vocals and a palm muted guitar. But they just have so much fun with it. The ending absolutely slaps. Uh, when it, when it, tell the sound below, uh, tell letting go because it falls to you from me. Yeah, and then the music, the whole thing comes <sighs> yeah. together so nicely. It's so good. It slaps so hard. Honestly, it's a song that catch, it catches me by surprise. So then we have Merry Axmas. I said, is this about Santa from Futurama? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so it's about Silent Night, Deadly Night. I was going to say, I couldn't think of any Christmas horror films, but that's because it's not really my thing. So basically the whole song just goes through the entire film, which is what I like. So Silent Night, Deadly Night and Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. There were like six of these films, by the way. And they get weirder and weirder. First right. two were actually linked together properly. They are like cheesy like B-movie like slasher movies where it's clear they had no budget, they just had the concept and yeah. just went for it. Just fucking go for it. So, yeah, I, I can... The the movie, the song almost fits that kind of vibe yeah. as well. I also think Santa from Futurama could have gone on a killing spree <laughs> while this movie, this song was playing. I love the line in the chorus, I made sure the noose was your tight tight. Your tight tight, <laughs> fucking hell. Hitting those, hitting those cheesy markers there, boys. It, oh, yeah. So much for a Merry Christmas. Fucking so emo. Uh, there's the random Christmas carol in the song, like the little interlude. Oh, yeah, that really popped me with the choir and stuff. Yeah. yeah so funny. And the hearse is on its way. It's that like, actually wow. made me laugh. Like, I, was on the, I was on the tube listening and making notes, and it really made me laugh. So there's a line in the song called, where it goes, it's fucking garbage day. That is a reference to the second film. Okay. Where the brother of the evil Santa in this film snaps because he's an incel basically um, he he was in love with a girl she had eyes for someone else he's like how dare she <laughs> kills her and then goes on a murder spree he sees the guy taking out the car he goes garbage day and kills him I think um, you know the, the the people who I thought were listening to this who I described at the beginning yeah that's the word I was probably looking for I should have just said incel sooner <laughs> <laughs> and I love how the song ends with fa la 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 Feliz Navidad <laughs> Felice Navi dead. What? Yeah, that is a good line. That is a good line. The solo in this song is again really good. Yeah, the solos are incredible. Yeah, it's, it's weird that they held out on them. They only do a couple. I think it makes it more impactful because when you hear them, you're like, oh my god, he's incredible. Yeah. So, next song, Love Bites. I really, really wanted to make a joke here and insist this was about Twilight. And then when you told me what it was, I knew what it was because there's a bit that makes it obvious. And tearing through it's, the, the bit that makes obviously is tearing London limb from limb so yeah. it's about American werewolf in London yeah 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 and but I really was if you, you I wanted to go you to be like oh, it's about American werewolf in London like, no it's clearly about <laughs> come on come on Tim you're not looking deep enough into the lyrics <laughs> <laughs> so there's a female vocalist on this yeah I was about to say who the hell is Chelsea Talmadge she is Carol Perkins from Stranger Things so she's the one who gets killed in the first series that's Barb Barb sorry yeah. but <sighs> Is it Steve, the guy with like the permy hair? Like he's like the, the he comes like the. He's um, the bully in the first series, yeah. and then he becomes their friend in yeah, the yeah. second series yeah. onwards. Yeah, she is part of his friend group in the first season. Oh, okay. She's like the other. She's like the girl in that group. Yeah, I love Stranger Things. Yeah, <laughs> I like the song. I think it fits the entire vibe of the film so well, and it's just a nice, weird love, tragic love song. There's a bit. There's a line in it that made me like. This tragic love song probably fits this because it sounds like all American rejects. <laughs> Which is Howl at the Moon, or How Can It Be, The Softer the Skin, The Sharper the, sharp of the, the Teeth. teeth yeah. Like, yeah, all right, all American rejects, calm down. <laughs> Honestly. What I love is that at the end of the course, there's a little 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good song, though. It's good fun. Um, I love it just has two verses. It's like, we know, like, yeah. we just got to get through this. Yeah. And then the the, 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 the sound effects of the howling and stuff, it all, it all comes together nicely. Oh, yeah. And I like American Werewolf in London as a film. It's... For a werewolf movie, it restricts itself in showing the werewolf. Yeah. Which is what I like about it. Well, sometimes that's the, the scariest bit, is not... Yeah. The, well, you going along with the characters not knowing what's going on. It has an amazing werewolf transformation sequence. Like, because it's all practical effects. So, oh, yeah, of course so it is, because of the time it was made. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's so good. I have to watch. I don't, I've not seen it. It's, it's more like a dark comedy, really. I think... So, a lot of these I haven't seen, but I think my job, where I used to work with the media outlet... Yeah, I would work the horror section sometimes, so I know the names of a lot of these things yeah. and have context. Where even without watching them, onto the last track, it is the end. Well, the the it is bolded, so I'm just assuming it's about it. Yeah, <laughs> I love the circus opening. Yeah, although I, the other thing I saw is less than Jake credited on this. Yeah, as in the band less than Jake, because I couldn't hear anything. The... Exactly. That, that's Is there what... a ska punk band? I couldn't hear anything ska punky, and I couldn't hear the vocals. I couldn't tell you what they did in this. <laughs> I love how the opening is like a monologue that he's doing to Georgie as before he drags him in. Yeah, it sounds. I've said it sounds like a musical at the beginning, not yeah. just a circus. It actually sounds like it's from a film. Yeah. You know. I don't know what's that. What's that one with uh, Wolverine in it? Great Showman. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm to imagine Hugh Jackman as Pennywise now. With with the claws. Yeah. <laughs> so my favourite line in the chorus is, just like Georgie, it's all out of hand. Because <laughs> obviously Georgie's arm gets ripped off. <laughs> I was like, that's clever. Oh, yeah, the nice double meaning there. Yeah. I love the uh, like the honking sound. The clown nose. Like... I was like, there's <laughs> no way they're, they're adding that in studio and not pissing themselves. That's, it's, there's it's, like the drummer, because he's the percussionist, he's yeah. sat there with a horn going, come on, <laughs> now! <laughs> They're just having like so much. You can tell they're having so much fun. They're putting like everything they got. This into feels like the fun, this is the funnest song. This might be my second favorite after the first one. I I can understand that. Like it just it's like a lot of fun, and they're just all like they're going all, all in with it's the heavy super vocals. Super dramatic, like the ending, really right? pa- like um, Panic at the Disco. Yeah, like you know that uh, Panic at the Disco's first album, which was all circus themed. It yeah. really brought that kind of vibe. And then, I just love how like the outro is just like, a minute, and it just gets like more operatic, like harmonized vocals. The drum just disappears. Such a strong ending to an album. Yeah, the fact that they waited to blow their load with that song is. I know. Like it's, it's risky because notoriously albums are quite hard to end. Yeah. And having such a jam like this, a lot of people maybe it's more of an old thing with like records and stuff. But notoriously, you would sh- like fill the back end of an album with kind of B tracks. Yeah. And they they they've not done that. No, they end. I think they end on like a One of very the strong notes. Tracks, yeah, because yeah. it was like very much like I think when we go back to looking at Slipknot. Like, well, you said you found Iowa the end, like that that ends on like self indulgent. Yeah, and then they did. They kind of did the same thing with uh, Danger Keep Close. Yeah, and in um, the final album, uh, Point Five Shadow, if we looked at uh, If Rain's What You Want, it's the same thing. They they went slow, but. Here they go. No, 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 no. We're ending. We're ending with a bang. We're ending like that long Simpsons intro. We're doing it. Yeah, we're gonna do it. <laughs> okay. General thoughts on the album as a whole. Really fun album. Um, 
proved my initial judgment of their stupid name wrong. <laughs> Still don't like the name, Tim, but I did enjoy the album. The album name is good. Yes. <laughs> Most of the song names are good. Just, Ice Nine Kills is an awful name. I can't get past it. I feel like it's definitely they're stuck with it now. Yeah. But they, I feel like having horror albums leans into the name a bit more. It felt like they, like they were going, what's cool? Ice and Killing. Nine uh, times. All, all, all the bands have got numbers in now. There's Blink-182, there's Sum 41. What's that record over there? Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> it really feels like that. So, three years later, they released Silver Screams. Three years later, that sounds like the beginning of a uh, sequel to a horror movie, Jim. <laughs> they released Silver Screams 2. So, what was interesting for this one, they were releasing single by single, and at the end of each music video... There was like a investigation into Spencer Charnas, the lead singer, killing his fiance. So I said this in the opening. Why the fuck is he saying a thing about him killing his own fiance? Yeah. Why can't they just make a character? It's such a weird thing to do. It's like it's a world of things. They make a reference to the fact that he's five band members before, and has <laughs> he obviously has done that. Yeah, yeah. I think Spencer's Spencer like one other person is like they're like the only two last remaining people of the original oh, setup. Jesus Christ. I thought this opening thing is—is is it like a knockoff of the Twilight Zone? I had nothing to compare it to. It sounds like the Twilight Zone. I—I I just no. If anything, it's more like the opening of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, okay. That's that's came to my mind now. So that was a live breakthrough, guys. <laughs> but then we have the opening track, "Welcome to Horrorwood," which only two months ago, in twenty twenty three, they released a music video for. Oh, really? Yeah. So they've held out on that one. They held out on it. It's a really good music. The... And this is the only song that's not based on anything. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I didn't put anything in the thing, actually. It was going to be one of my random... I've got this list. Let's get one of these. <laughs> punt, let's punt on one of these. I like that it starts with a melody and the, the, the drop is sudden. I know. It's like... It's like... Only place you come for Uncle Burke. And... Oh, so good. Yeah, like, so there, there goes the neighbourhood, welcome to Horrorwood. Obviously, there goes the neighbourhood, another yeah. again. <laughs> I just love how the second verse just stops to have a breakdown. I like that it goes, also, I like that it goes, so how's this for an establishing shot before the breakdown? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is really cool. All the other films, obviously, they just, like, reference the movies they're in, but this one just references Hollywood as a whole. Yeah. It sounds like, have you ever been to any Disney? I went to Disneyland Paris. So did you go on the Twilight Zone ride, the Tower of Terror? No, I went, but they had, like, the studio tour. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the Twilight Zone ride has, like... It's like an old Hollywood hotel, and it really reminded me of that. Oh, like, okay. The whole... It's themed, and they they get... Most of them are being done over into Guardians of the Galaxy rides now. Oh, God. But the Guardians of the Galaxy one is good. I've been on that. I well. mean, in when I went to Disneyland, it was no, it was no longer Space Mountain. It was Hyperspace Mountain, because of Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. Nice, yeah. But the, um... The Jungle Cruise wasn't working when I went. I was so heartbroken. Yeah, The Rock was hanging out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I said the this one, the solo hits hard again. Yeah. And in the end, it goes into like a hardcore drop at the end again. Yeah. Real cool. And just the screaming of going, welcome back. Like, oh. <laughs> so then that leads into a rash decision. Nice idea. Sounds the intro sounds like Fallout Boy again. Yeah. And then his, his, his line is, is it a crime to kill? Yes. Every country, <laughs> every, every single country, it's a crime to kill. I didn't think you were going to get this one. Of uh, what films? I haven't, I haven't put down a thing, so I'm going to have to go back to my list. Hang on, Scream. No. What is it? Uh, Cabin Fever. No, I've 
seen it. Is it Eli Roth? It's his first horror movie done in two thousand and something, very early two thousands. Yeah, I, about, I stacked the DVD on a shelf once or twice. Yeah, it's about <laughs> a viral infection in the um, when they're in a cabin in the woods. I haven't seen the film. I'm not a big fan of Eli Roth, if I'm honest. Fair so I I haven't bothered to watch it. I do love the line, bang, 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 it's the only shot for me, bang, 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 to contain atrocity. That is, that, is a, that is a solid line. I like the repetition of stuff like the bang, bang, bang. Yeah. As a hook. Always works well, especially when you're doing something cheesy like this. Yeah. And I love how it has a chaotic feeling like this, because obviously it's about people like getting infected and everything. So like the characters are spiralling, so the song's spiralling around with them. Oh, I see. Yeah, I never, never really picked that up. I've actually said at the end of this, the only thing that sort of made this song stand out is the choir bit. I love the choir bit. Yeah. To me, the rest of the song's quite just getting through it. And yeah. The choir bit hits, I'm like, oh, that's banging. I do love the truck, random truck horns at the end. It's like, it's <laughs> just like a truck. Honk, honk. Oh, they, do, they do like their horns, don't they? <laughs> uh, yeah. So then we go on to Assault and Batteries, which this I love as a title. It is. That's a very good title. And... It's part of what gave it away. It's obviously um, Chucky Child's Play. Yes. Yeah. I love the doll jingle at the beginning. It's time to play, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I just love that. I'll be watching every, in every move that you make. It's like, whoa. Creepy. They're fucking kids again. <laughs> I do like the uh, no assembly required. That really made me laugh. <laughs> I love the way they just the way they, they spell out evil doll. So, E-V-I-L-D-O-L-L. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's this is the one of all of them that slaps you in the face with what it is like yeah. the most, I think. And I just love the chorus as well. Like this two foot dolls will make you his bitch. It's like whoa. Yeah, I mean it does it properly slaps you in the face, even to the point where I've written just before the solo, the riff sounds like Stone Cold Steve Austin's reference. So there's a bit The chorus is so catchy as well, I know. You won't ever grow up at the. Uh, you won't ever grow up. You won't make it past six because the two foot tall demonic doll will make you his bitch. There you go. That's it. The full thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love. No, 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 no. Fuck you as well. I really. <laughs> I love. So there's a bit in the um, bridge where he goes, "Ade Dewey Dam Damdula." That's the actual incantation in Charles Play, which puts the serial killer's uh, soul into the doll. Oh, okay. So he goes, "Ade Dewey Damdula, give me the power, I beg of you." So this. Yeah, that's the kind of thing. I think if you were doing a song about this, you're gonna to have to throw that in. Yeah, it's like if you're doing one about gremlins, you'd have to throw in the 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 rules about gremlins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just think like the hat. I'll get more into it like with each more more of the songs, but they do. They clearly do have a, a love and passion for horror movies, and they know oh, yeah. where to throw in the references. Tim, you don't write two albums about horror movies if you don't love it, <laughs> unless the studio forces you to. Yeah, let's not let's not go back on the studios forcing artists to do things. <laughs> Please listen to our um... Streetlight Manifesto episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got any more notes, or should we no, move on to the shower it, yeah. scene? The shower scene is very obviously psycho. Yes, and like the 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 words the shower scene is about that movie. Yes, yeah. about that scene, <laughs> about that one scene. Yes, I it, love the song. It isn't until like three quarters of the way through the movie. Not even that halfway. Oh yeah, she dies right in the sorry, it's the other way around, is it? She dies quite early. Yeah. And, you and think, then it swaps. You get the whole like first quarter is about her. Janice is the name of the character. Marion. Marion. So you get the whole first quarter is about her, and you think she's gonna be the protagonist all the way through. And nope, she just gets killed. 
I, I can gush about how just a genius Psycho is. Psycho is amazing. It's it's Hitchcock's best movie. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah. There's no, I don't know. None of them even come within a kind of a reaching distance of the others. I think. No, like I had to study Vertigo in college, and uh, I grew to hate it. GCSE, man. We did Psycho. Oh, see, I'm jealous because <laughs> I think Psycho is the better movie. Yeah. Because also, fun fact: the actress who plays Marion. That is the mother of Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, I know, yeah. And he's got, she's got a famous dad as well, hasn't she? Probably. <laughs> Richard Curtis. Yeah, Richard Curtis, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I like the song it is from Norman Bates' perspective. It makes the most sense. Yeah, obviously. He's the main character. He's the main character. I love the line, now under the pressure we're drowning together, going down the drain tonight. I, yeah, I hate the drain, yeah, 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 yeah. That really winds me up. Like, I don't mind a, a half stutter on stuff. Yeah, but he's 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 like he's, he's struggling to come up with some more lyrics, man. Come on. So <laughs> did you hate it when he got? What do you hate when he goes? I'm. I hope say yeah yeah. He repeats Goodbye doesn't mean say yeah yeah good night. That's the worst one because he's looking two in two sentences. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I don't know why it pissed me off. Fair enough. <laughs> I actually said I've actually written here. I can't tell you why. I just didn't like that bit. <laughs> I love that they use the um, the strings for the chorus. Oh yeah, so it obviously sounds like not the for the chorus thing. for the um, for the breakdown. Yeah, for the breakdown. Yeah, so it obviously sounds like the psycho. Yeah, music. They really obviously again another one of those the psycho the te- the the screechy violins is only in the shower scene, right? Yeah, yeah. So you associate you that with one scene. Yeah, it's me. Uh, it, it's always me cleaning up her mess. Is way creepier if you know the context of the film. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Especially when they use a sample of "Go and We All Go a Little Mad" sometimes. Is that actually from some? Of, are they actually taking that from? Are they read? Like, are they just saying they, the lines? They just, they just uh, reuse like it's Norman Bates himself says the line in the movie. Yeah, it would have been so hard to get permission to use the actual film clips. Yeah, I do love how they end with dialogue, like because obviously, as we it's the said, police part, isn't it? Yeah. No, um, private investigator. Yeah, sorry, yeah, private where he shows up at the motel at, at the halfway point of the film. Yeah, so yeah, that's the, but that's what they end the, the song with, right? Yeah, exactly. talking. Yeah. It, it's so smart. Yeah, it's very clever. Like really nicely put together that one. I don't like the the stutter lyrics, but apart from that, <laughs> apart from that, I just think it's, yeah, great song. It is good. Yeah. So then, funeral derangements. I this starts very Slipknot esque to me, like that kind of pounding straight away. I just love, I just wrote, love how I just get straight into it. Give up, let go. The the chant. Yeah. Uh, with like no, it's don't give up. Don't let go. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever it is. In time with the guitar and on yeah. the beat is so cool. So, what film do you think this is about? So, Sometimes Dead is Better reminds me... But my context is The Simpsons. So, you know when they're trying to bring the pet back? Uh, they're, they're trying to bring the pet back in The Simpsons. They're trying to bring... It's not Simpsons, it's South Park. When, when Sometimes Butters. Dead is Better, yeah. yeah. They think Butters is dead and it's yeah. like he's the pig. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's um, Pet Cemetery, right? Yes. Yes. As it is. So I, I I love that South episode. Sometimes dead is better. Don't but don't bury your son in the pet cemetery, Marsh. It's just up the road over there. In the Indian burial ground, Marsh. <laughs> this is more metal than most of the rest. This of is the... this is the one where everyone's like they've descended into metalcore now. Yeah, yeah. So I love the line. I'll see you on the other side, but I'd kill to bring you back tonight. I love that line. Emo. <laughs> it's so emo but it, it works for the context of the film especially also the like it all began with the skin on the pavement and two funeral derangements if you know what happens in the movie that is a grim line you want to know what happens I don't think I've seen it no the, the baby um, gets hit by a truck 
Oh, God. So he literally becomes a skin on the pavement. <laughs> I did notice they do ashes to ashes, dust to dust, which is another idiom slash oh, yeah. saying from a funeral. My favourite bit is at the end of the song, the old man who always in the movie goes, because uh, <laughs> that's the um, dialect that they have. The hick dialect. The hick dialect. They do a heavy version of that. was, it made me laugh so hard. I do like the last, co- the last chorus. It comes in like epic with like a double time drum. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah. I just love that. I just love the chorus. It took me so long to actually appreciate the song when I first heard it. Because I've, I've always associated like Pet Cemetery with being more ethereal, like sinister, because I've read the book and watched the film. Oh, yeah. And it's one of my favourite books, actually. Um, so I always had like a, my own like mindset of what I thought it sh- a song about this would be. I was like, no, it's not how I do it. It's not how I do it. It's not how I roll. But then I heard, I was like, actually, this is really, really good. It's, I did, this is one of my favourites on the second album, for sure. Yeah. I really like this song. And then that ties into, well, it doesn't tie in, but it's another single, Rainy Day. So I like, it has like a bit of a techno metal feel to yeah. this. It's a bit different. This is the maybe the most different song on it. He does, I think he leans too heavily on an AABB rhyme structure. Yeah. He, he, doesn't change it. I've, this is the point where I really noticed it. It was this song where I'm like, is he just always doing A-A-B-B, A-A-B-B? He isn't, if you go back and listen. Yeah. He does do it more often than any other structure. Yeah. I would say this feels like their most safe song. Yeah, it's very... That's probably why I, the A-A-B-B hit me in this song, yeah. because it's so... Not to say generic, generic's the wrong word, but it's almost paint by numbers for us. Yeah. Yeah. Could you tell what this was based off? Game over, there's a line I wrote, Game Over You Died, so it's very video gamey. Yes. So is it... Oh, what is that? There's a, there's a line that gives it away. There's a film about horror where they're stuck in a video game. It's not that. Oh, okay. It's Resident Evil. Oh, is it really? No, there's okay. literally a line that gives it away, like, crawl through the holes of the evidence where evil has taken up residence. Oh, okay, yeah. And good. red and white being umbrella symbol, like the main like, evil oh, company yeah. in, the, in the franchise. And obviously, they say Game Over You Died because yeah. it's based on the games. Exactly. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. I love the chorus. Remind me how the chorus I, is. Are you listening to the whispering? Is it sinking in because it's sickening? Will you take the bait while you suffocate because you know something's creeping in the dark? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Some, I, I love it. Some good lines. I said the end drop is like it's really intense and it's got such a like a naughty's feel. Yeah. Really like it. Oh, that's yeah. great. So now we're gonna come to one of my favourite songs on the soundtrack on this whole album. Hip to be scared. Hip to be what's not one? I don't even know what this could be. I'm gonna go scream again. Yeah. American Psycho. Oh really? Yes, I've seen American Psycho. Yeah, of course. They, they literally say it's all about American Psychos. Oh, do they really? Yeah, they use they reference Patrick Bateman, um, like with the whole Patrick where you go and need to return some videotapes. They talk about the they talk about the business uh, maybe, cards being. It's been a long time since I saw that film. I don't remember videotapes being a thing. Oh, it's something he says when he needs to have a situation. So like, he was in a library. No, he's he's like he's a. I'm business, getting confused with something else. Yeah, he's really? like a businessman in that, and. He, like they talk about the bone white cards and how look, they all look the same, and then oh, maybe I haven't seen it. You know, I thought Christian I had. Bale. Yeah, I thought I had. I know he's in it because again, working in a DVD yeah. shop. <laughs> I mean, I recommend it. It's a great, it's a great horror. So I love this song because this is actually the song that weirdly got me to start singing. Really? Yeah, because I loved the chorus. I loved the transitions of everything. Yeah, so we'll go for it. Sorry, I... I'm reading my notes. I just got lost. Uh, I said that it's got actually four different. 
it feels like it's got four different genres all in one. Yeah. It does like an 80s synth thing. Then it almost sounds like scene, like emo yeah. metal. And then it goes into like drill metal. And then it goes slow again. Yeah. It's a bit like so, all over the genre map here. Yeah, because it's going through like the entire film. So it starts off like being smart, sophisticated, like how Patrick sees himself. Oh, yeah. And then there's a the bit where it basically parodies Huey Lewis and the News. Because oh, that yes. there is that scene in the movie with hip to be hip to be square yeah. where he ki- where he kills uh, Jared Leto, and then there's the breakdown where he goes and saying where he's realized where he thinks he's gonna get caught and shit, and then he goes back to normal. He's like, actually, I can get away with it. Yeah, I, I don't think maybe I haven't seen the movie. I really thought I had. I just I just love how much fun it's having with it, and it says it has Jacoby uh, Shaddocks in it, the lead singer of Papa Roach. He's okay. he's in the music video, and he is the guy who get who, when they go, hey, do you like High Nine Kills? He goes, not really. That's him. <laughs> Which I love that bit. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I said um, they it's fun. They can uh, do some same shameless self promotion and pop fun at themselves at the yeah. same time. I do like the line. So to hell with good intentions. That also, but that really makes me feel it's like a Fall Out Boy line again. Yeah. But I I just love the Huey Lewis in the news bit where he they just parried in that scene. Cause, yeah, because in that scene, it's like do you like who do this in the news and Patrick Bateman because like this he's clearly read it off an article about how Huey and Lewis wasn't appreciated until they released um that their, their album four and then it's like they were loved by everyone and their great song is hip to be squared. I just if Huey Lewis, all I think of is power of love. Yeah, because I love Back to the Future. And I like they used to quote um this confession has meant nothing, and because this is like the first single they had for this album. So it kind of ties in with the whole Spencer being a serial killer kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I still find that weird that he's, like, framing himself. I know it's only, obviously, fictional. Yeah. But framing yourself, like, killing, your, using his name, saying he killed a fiancé, it's just a weird thing to do. It's it's edgy. I mean, I kind of yeah. like it at the same time. Like, if you're going to have fun with it, have fun with it. So then we go on to Take Your Pick. Another idiom title. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like the... Uh, the old horror clip that it's actually like this talking in time with the music yeah so which made me think he's probably not a real horror clip they've they've yeah. done it themselves soon hearts will be broken and the damage severe your four headless over heels what's the 14 is here it's very metal I, I think I've written here I prefer this is me obviously so I do but I prefer the punkier stuff yeah I, the metal stuff is good and it's well done it's just not my cup of tea well they had the different there's a vocalist on this called Corpse Grinder <laughs> and very metal. And he his his vocals like you could obviously tell they're like the very Death like bass. Bass, like, I put this really reminds me of uh, Corn and I can't remember what song it is, but it's the one where he's like, No mummy, no. You Don't mean do it again, mummy. Oh that's disturbed. Oh, down disturbed. with sickness. Is it down with sickness, yeah. Uh, someone. It was, <laughs> it was someone in the noughties doing it. They really reminded me of that, um, with the weird horror kids yeah. again. I liked the uh the chugging riff that that kind of goes through the song though. Yeah. That's quite nice. Could you tell? I, I said I wish I could understand the super metal vocals. <laughs> could you tell <laughs> what movie this was off? Oh. They actually say the title of it a couple of times in the chorus. It doesn't help if I don't know the movie, though, Tim. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, uh, it was a little little, little hint. You know the Exorcist again? Fuck it. My Bloody Valentine. Oh, I've never seen it. I don't know anything about it's it. It's actually like. a Canadian horror movie that only up until like 10, 15 years ago they found uncovered footage because it got censored heavily when it came out really I know there's a band obviously named after that there's a band called My Bloody Valentine yeah I've never listened to them but I know they exist <laughs> I don't think I've listened to them either but it's a good film it's a nice fun slasher movie they made they made a re- 3D remake of it in 2011 
starring J- Jensen Ackles from Supernatural. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I like I like the sound of the metal vocals. I really just wanted to know what they were saying. Yeah. The only word, at least you picked out one word and it was fucking. <laughs> I know you, maybe like you need to be attuned to this kind of thing and listen to this kind of music to be able to pick it up. Yeah. I just wanted to know what you were saying. I do like how they blended his, like, Quartz Grinders' vocals with Spencer's vocals, because you have, like, a... Ooh, and then a ah! like, yeah, Spencer's compl- clearly very talented. He can clearly... Yeah. He's clearly jumped into that guy's pitch. Yeah, exactly. I think he's done a very good job there, yeah. So then we move on to This box. is where I was like, I feel like we're really entering the metal section of the album. <laughs> like the epic chorus that, like, kind of sets... I think, the, so I've written here, the epic chorus sets the tone for something that doesn't yeah. arrive. I get what you mean. Yeah. And I still don't understand the metal screaming of it. <laughs> Do you know what franchise is based off? Oh, something called The Box. I don't think it's going to be. Again, The Simpsons. The Box! The Box! <laughs> yeah. That's it. I'm gonna go. Is it The Simpsons? <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, no. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've got nothing that's. You actually, said that, you actually said that, that it's title a while ago. Oh, did I? Yeah, you s- Hellraiser? Yeah. Yes! That was a guess. Yes! <laughs> I was looking at them again. I, okay, I don't know. I know the Poltergeist. I don't remember a box. <laughs> yes, Hellraiser. Lost Boys is about, dra- uh, about uh, vampires. Okay, cool. <laughs> the that box was- is. Hey, the- hey, that was a stab in the dark. Hey! <laughs> so, the box is the. Lament. The box, the box. Sorry, I <laughs> the <laughs> lament configuration, which is like a puzzle box, and once you solve that puzzle, you summon the. Um, Pinhead. You summon the Pinhead and the other demons. Oh, uh, okay. Or, as they say, demons become angels to some. Which is an actual line from the movie, which is why I like, because that's how they book it. They start each chorus. Okay. Is that, so I, think, I, um, I like the beginning of the chorus. Go something like, so drag me back to hell. And then so, I like... Uh, so that, drag me back to hell, master of sin. Yeah, it's cool. And then I like that, on his demand, he'll, t- uh, on his demand, he'll tell you apart, tell your soul apart. Yeah. That's a cool line as well. Which is, actually, which is, I like they're doing an attempt at Pinhead's voice. Which is funny, because he's, uh, they kind of like cheekily called him Pinhead. You actually never find out his actual demon name. Just go, ah, oh, that's Pinhead. Yeah, he's got big metal things coming up. Yeah. He looks like a Pinhead. Exactly, you can't really argue with that. Yeah, I just love the chorus. It's just, it, I, I, I don't know how to describe it, so I wrote, it's such a vibe. Such a vibe? <laughs> I don't know if it's a vibe. <laughs> vibe suggests it's chilled him. I, I vibe to it. It's like, ah, oh, this is really yeah, I, bet you, I bet you fall asleep listening to stuff like <laughs> it's this. It's literally yeah. like the opening lines, like, all hell the priest of hell. It's like, ah, oh, such a vibe. Ah, oh, bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we come on to FLY. And this is based on The Simpsons again? Where he goes in the machine? And makes yeah, yeah, yeah. Fly? They're big Simpsons fans, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously, it's The Fly. Yes. Which is what The Simpsons one's based on. Well, it's like because the Simpsons one, like they kind of base it more off the original fifties one rather than the eighties um, Cronenberg one. Oh yeah, which this one same like concept though, isn't it? So, yeah. Same concept, except with um, the fifties one, it's just a man with a fly's head. Okay. In yeah. the Cronenberg uh, one, it goes full body horror. Like he at first he like develops like superhuman strength, but then like his fingernails come come off, his skin gets more warped, and then he literally becomes a human fly. Uh, okay. Like his DNA has combined with a fly. Gross. Yeah, very <laughs> gross, but very cool at the same time. So this, um, I love a like a choral slash gang vocal. Yeah, it works like super well. <laughs> and you got some more sweet palm muted guitar. <laughs> love it. I love the line. I spent my life learning to fly despite a constant descent. 
That's uh, yeah. I never really, you saying that in like a, without thing is like the the dual meaning that's obviously yeah. there. Nice, I like that. And the way he holds the word "fly" in the first start, the first time, like, as it leads into the first verse, so good. Uh, one of the lines I've written down is, "I'm just saying." Or he goes, "I'm just saying." It's like really <laughs> well, like timed. Yeah. I don't know why that popped me quite. Well. And I love like the operatic thing. It's like we're going. I'm not saying I'm not playing God. It's like, oh, I like it. I, uh, so I won't deny the way time flies when you're close to the end. Is a good yeah. line. And they, there's like Buddy Nielsen, who's like who does vocals in the second verse, which I was like, I noticed them, but at the same time I wrote, they weren't needed, because no. Spencer could have just done those vocals. Yeah, I've, I've, I've written, this is my probably my favourite song on this album, you might even contest with American Nightmare, I really like the song. Really? That's <laughs> because it's punky though. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> so then we move on to Worst Vacation, which, first off, love the pun. Yes, sausages. Yes. <laughs> Secondly, do you know what franchise? So, it was only upon rereading my notes that some of them jumped at me, just... I think I had to separate myself for a bit and then reread them. And I was like, is this... Obviously, it's another holiday one. We've had Psycho. We've had The Shining. So my thing was, is it Hostel? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the first two Hostels. How many are there? There's three. The third one you never need to watch. Okay, I've seen the first two Hostels. <laughs> yeah, they're both directed by Eli Roth. Yeah. So. I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan of Hostel. <laughs> no, fair enough. No, nor was I. Um... Uh, a friend of mine when I was younger she was obsessed with them and like a few of us were around a friend's house and she made us watch them both back to back they're like one of those there's like those horror franchi- franchises like yeah I'm cool I watched this <laughs> and it's just like the most boring thing yeah, you ever watched torture thing yeah it's like, it's like yeah I have the stomach for it it's like okay well done it just reminds me of Rammstein as well because the amount of German stuff in it which is funny because the movie's actually set in Prague yeah why are they using so much German because because <laughs> they don't know any because Germans are evil. I don't know. Hungarian? No. Prague's in Hungary, right? Of course. Wasn't that Czech Republic? It might be Czech Republic. I'll prove my ignorance here. I mean, yeah, you're right, capital of Czech Republic. So wow. Yeah. That, that was, a, that was, a, that was <laughs> an actual stab in the dark. I'm not going to lie to you. So, yes, I stole your pun. There's, um, yeah, I just, a lot of the, to me as well, because I don't really remember much of Hostel. All I, from what I remember of Hostel, it was about, like, rich people paying to torture people, right? Torture Americans specifically. Yeah, American teenagers or whatever. Yeah. And then but this all makes it sound like it's about like zombies or something or cannibals. They're talking about eating flesh and stuff. I don't remember. Well no, one of the people don't eat flesh. Oh, does he? I don't yeah. Yeah. I they just them. like do what they give in to like their primal urges as they put it in the film. Gross. But the <laughs> the line I love the best is I'm going old school, a gun is too American. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's that's accurate. Yep, yep. They they do like the guns, and I love how in the first vo- first chorus, there's a female vocalist going all aboard, all aboard, about the train oh, like yeah. to hell, and then in the second chorus, it's the German man uh, saying it. I did. There's a bit of a right wing one here. You don't like our costumes, then stay in your country. Okay. Yeah, fine. <laughs> and then they had to include someone saying Scheiser as well. Obviously, <laughs> your life don't mean Scheiser. <laughs> Obviously, they had to include that. <laughs> I see. I love. The song. I couldn't write much about it, but I love this song. Uh, yeah, this uh, this one was one of my least favorites. I think. I don't know why. I don't think I'd ever choose to listen to it again. <laughs> I have it on my gym workout playlist. Yeah. Shockingly enough. Yeah, you're a weirdo. Though. <laughs> so now we move on to the next song. My favorite song on the album. Probably my favorite song out of both of these two albums. Ex Mortis. Yeah, I had no idea what this one was about. Again, let me let me look at my list. Fuck it, I'll throw another one at you. Well, no, I haven't done yet. 
Uh, I'm going to be upset. Dawn of the Dead? Evil Dead. Oh, that's close. Necronomicon Ex Mortis. God, I had Evil Dead on my list as well. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, so, first off, I'll say it captures the chaotic nature of the franchise extremely well with the piano going into the fucking I said, what was this cartoon intro? I liked it. I like the ones where they bring all weird shit. <laughs> yeah, it, that's what Evil Dead is. Ah, okay. The chorus is amazing. It's all. It's quite swingy. Yeah. It's not. It's got a groove to it. It's a, again. It's something that like Fallout Boy did in their second album. Yeah. The kind of the choruses aren't straight. It's like a da, a da, a da, a da. It's See, bounces rather than like powers through. That's because there's actually an Evil Dead musical that oh, runs sometimes like off Broadway. Have you seen it? <laughs> I didn't get a chance to see it. I'm hoping they bring it back to the UK, but they they do Elvis inspired music for it. Oh, amazing! Which yeah, that... fits so well. This is—I said this is in my top three or four of the whole of both albums. I like the the cold wind blows as the, the angels cry, cry, the living will descend, and the dead will rise. From good. way below. It's good, just catchy, catchy as hell. And I loved. I it's loved... the only song that has a fade out of all of the albums. I know. That's I wrote that. Love a fade out. I love the um, the bridge was like uh, so across the book of the dead of your reader less Necronomicon Ex Mortis and then join the army of darkness which is the name of the third film I've never I've, I've never watched Evil Dead so I don't know I know it's, it's, on, it's on the list Bobby <laughs> there's there's four there's four films already there's a fifth one coming out in April which I'm so excited for we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there three, three parts we'll do three episodes on them fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah they use quotes to throughout the breakdown, so they um, start off with "Swallow this," which is a line from the second film where I don't want to get spoiled. And but from your porno, <laughs> where he uses a shotgun and goes, <sighs> and then the line "Groovy," which is synonymous with the Evil Dead franchise. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, and as we mentioned, the fade out, and that fade out leads us into "Farewell to Flesh." Is this about a song? Is this about a film? Yes. Oh, fuck, right. Let me re- retreat back to the list. This is where I would have said something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but you've already done that one, so it can't be. Dracula. Candyman. Oh, hang on. What am I fucking talking about? I wrote Candyman. He <laughs> basically says, because I'm the Candyman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at least you wrote it there. Look, give it away just before they say it. The Candyman. Yeah. What am I thinking about? I <laughs> you know what? All this horror is clearly getting to me. <laughs> I... I said, the, I said the, beginning, the fly sound is on the wrong song. Bees. Uh, sounds like a fly. Curse <laughs> <laughs> forever to just a reflection. That, so, that, that gave away, because obviously you say his name three times in the mirror, right? Five times. Five times in the mirror. Um, and then it was, yeah, they said Candyman. Like, Did they say times. five times to hell the legacy? <laughs> yeah. I love, 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 I wrote three times. <laughs> The opening. I, look, I wrote Candyman in my fucking notes. He actually like, did. That's stupid. I'm, just, I'm clearly just tired. It's a long record. <laughs> I, I I love the opening so much. The softness of it. And then, it, like with um, Welcome to Horrorwood, just the, the burst into heaviness. I've said, actually, what it does is I think it, all the styles that have appeared through this album, the second album... Yeah. reappear in some kind of respect in this yeah the kind of the drill metal the the synth everything yeah kind of makes a small appearance exactly and again I love to, I love the bridge like you're hooked on me honey forever like my queen bee um, and me forever and it's like it highlights Candyman's obsession in the film because he's just obsessed with love and everything and being remembered yeah. and like he's seen it in a twisted way it's like no no you're gonna be mine 
even though what I'm doing is very, very evil. <laughs> I've, I've written here, what does he say about the magazine? But I can't even remember what I mean about that. The magazine? Let me read the lyrics and we'll see. <laughs> G- give us a second, ladies and gentlemen. There's even... Oh, I'll cover. There's even a choral bit towards the end again, which is like bringing back another element from earlier in the album. Yeah. I think this is clearly an attempt to kind of bookend the album. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen nothing about a magazine. Maybe it was one of the talk lines in the background. Maybe I misheard it. Yeah, I... I want to, like, re-listen it and text you and be like, <laughs> we missed it. We have to dub this in. <laughs> but, yeah. I just... Maybe I misheard the lyric. Maybe it was like, something else. Yeah. But, yeah, I love how this is, like, bees on the soundtrack. Is that's the... So the thing about Candyman, the way he is created in the franchise is that his arm is chopped off and then they put honey on it so bees will sting him. To cauterise the wound? To kill him. Oh. Yeah. they Because they leave him to bleed out and die and then the bees just sting him. And so this is done in the 1800s so white people are killing a black man in this way. Oh, delicious. And Great. literally as... A fucking... Ugh. And as this is happening to him, a kid licks the honey and goes... It's like it's like candy. So they so they mockingly call him the candy man. I'm glad he come back to kill them all. What a bunch of pricks. <laughs> yeah. Honestly I recommend I recommend the first and fourth Candyman movies, which are good because the fourth movie kinda of skips over the second and thirds, so they remove those from con they reference them but they're not important to the continuity. Because it's oh, like okay. set twenty years later. Okay, fair enough. And it I didn't realise it had like some like racial connotations. That's awful. The... So it was well, right. Like, he gets his revenge. So. Yeah. So re- weirdly enough, the first one it kind of touches on it, but it's not like an overarching point. But then it's like the second and third movie go on it more, and then the fourth movie is produced by produced and written by Jordan Peele. That's so cool. and so like this is the first time it's like fully like black creators getting a chance to work on this franchise and actually like lean into the racial stuff about it. And they dive more into Candyman and actually make him more of a symbol. Well, you trust them more to be sensitive about it, wouldn't you? Than yeah. The I mean, I've, I have issues with the recent Candyman movie. It's more... It's pacing. Okay. It's It feels like a two-hour movie that's been told in an hour and a half. So the ending is rushed. Like, abrupt, yeah. Something interesting finally happens, like, plot-wise. It's, like, it's all build-up to that point. And then the most interesting part happens. But then they, they speed through it because they have to get to the big crescendo of the ending. It's like... Ah, uh, you made a mistake there. Uh, um, I mean, I've never watched any of them, so... <laughs> I'll put them on the list. <laughs> so, okay, so those have been both of the Ice Nine Kills Silver Scream albums. I preferred the first one. Okay. It hit me a bit harder. Uh, I think it's punkier, though, which I think is why it hit me yeah. harder. Would you also say because you knew more what to expect with the second album then at that point? Maybe. I think... I. The kind of way I absorb stuff, I think I'd probably enjoy it more if I knew what I was expecting. Okay. So the fact that I enjoyed it less, maybe it's just something to do with the structure or the yeah, the the, the kind of stylization they were going for. I don't know. I didn't dislike the second one. I yeah. just preferred the first one. Absolutely. That um, I prefer the second album more myself. I think they have. I feel like they have more fun with it. Yeah. And they lean. It's a bit more chaotic more. for sure. Yeah, and I feel like they lean way more into the horror stuff. Like the first one. Still feels like almost like a holdover. Like we're just gonna try this, and if it yeah. doesn't work, we can move on, and it will just be like something we attempted. 
But with the second one, it's like, no, we're going to fully lean, lean into this. Because now this has like, become their whole identity. Like, when they yeah. go on tours, it's mainly just these two. So I was going to ask this. Do they tour these albums? Cause... They're, they're, they're touring them, and they're finally coming to the UK. They were meant to come out. They were meant to come to the UK this month, March. They pushed it back to June, because they're going to be on World Tour with Metallica. So they're coming out. They come to London June 1st. Then they're going to be in download the next week. Fucking so I'm seeing them two weeks in a row. Nice, nice. Yeah, I don't, or maybe I might go and watch some YouTube videos or something of them doing this stuff live because I can imagine it's quite chaotic. Quite they fun. so they for worst vacation actually they'll do a thing where they'll like drag like a random like stagehand out and pretend to kill him like yeah. hold up his arm and everything. They'll wear suits like an American Psycho, and yeah, they just, they just have fun with it. It sounds like, again like I don't know if you have ever seen any footage of the very first Panic at the Disco tour. I know. Like in costumes and changes and circus stuff. Yeah. And I think this has, like, really brought them back into, like, mainstream because not many people liked or knew about their original stuff. But when you look on social media about Ice Nine Kills, everyone goes, oh, I discovered them because I love horror. And yeah. now I just love their music. And people didn't listen because they got a shit name? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, yeah. You know what? Like, these two albums have... I would if you hadn't ever said listen to Ice Nine Kills I would never have ever listened to them I'd, even if I saw them on a playlist I'll skip it because the name the name just puts me off see I have a friend who listened to their older stuff and did not like them and now refuses to listen to these two albums he's like no they're like shitty like like punk screamer bands like no they've actually like, developed and become really good what's annoying is Ice Nine Kills doesn't even sound like a punk band or screamo band. They've actually the name doesn't even fit their old. If you, well, what you're telling me, yeah, the name doesn't even fit the old style. Exactly. Like, it, they sound like a shit metal band. <laughs> the name sounds like a crap metal band. I know, and they're stuck with that name now because Brandon. Yeah, yeah. So Bobby, this is the time I ask you: Did you do any extra credit? I didn't. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I didn't want to. I, I like. This is the thing. What we say, like. We're not going to just watch more episodes or something or listen to another album by someone. Yeah, absolutely. And the vague research I did, there wasn't much else I could have done. Is there anything you could have suggested I could have done that everyone else maybe wanted to listen to or Not watch without or... spending money. Like, the only thing I could recommend is like, purchase their graphic novel that they've made, but at the same time, it's... My thing about us doing extra credits, it's... One thing, extra credit is optional for us, mm-hmm. right? And I don't want us to, like have to feel like we have to spend money to do extra credit or anyone right? listening if they're actually going along with us don't want them to have to feel like they to keep up they have to yeah exactly like the the main joy of of this podcast for us is sharing everything sharing what we've been yeah. recommended and i think if there's if we have the time or it's easily accessible yes we can do extra credit if not it's obviously it's optional extra credit is doing extra credit is one of my favorite things but yeah also i think if there isn't something that you find straight away when you're having a look, yeah. I'm hesitant to delve more in case it spoils other stuff. Exactly. Um, so it's like, all I did for Lonely Island when I watched the, the the boo was go on YouTube and just type in the Lonely Island yeah, and expecting to maybe find some silly behind-the-scenes stuff and just stumbled across the boo. Exactly. I, I'm hesitant to go on Wikipedia pages even because there's so much info on there. Especially with like TV shows or yeah. films, because with um, well in la- in last episode, Jonathan Ames, I just typed his name, just a list of stuff came up. Saw the books were on sale on Kindle, so I was like, yeah. okay, I'll I'll try it. So that isn't breaking the bank, and also I needed something new to read, so it was <laughs> it was it was beneficial to me. Nice, um, yeah. So, what's my recommended reading for the next oh, episode? We're, Bobby? we're going in a completely different direction to Ice and Iron Kills and horror. <laughs> We're going to watch Detective Pikachu.
I've said it before. I don't know how many times on this podcast. I'm a huge Pokemon fan. I love Pokemon. I've got a Pokemon tattoo. <laughs> and when this movie came out, I was stoked because not only is it about Pokemon, not only is it live action, one of my favourite actors is involved. Ryan Reynolds. Love Ryan Reynolds. Deadpool. Deadpool. <laughs> Pikachu Deadpool. Let's do this. So, let's go, let's go a bit. I first, this will lead to excitement for the next episode. I'm not the biggest Pokemon fan. Scumbag. I mean, <laughs> I, I'll dive into it more at the start of the next episode, but in terms of the games themselves and the show, I watched quite a few episodes of the original run and a couple of like the later seasons as they went along. The games themselves, I never dove into that much. I'll go more into that into detail, detail about that, but I think just so we know where we stand going into oh, the next I'm, episode. I've got so much stuff about Pokemon to talk about. Let's do this. <laughs> where we stand going into the next episode. I'm, I'm not the biggest I understand why it's a cultural phenomenon. I just It just never hooked me. No, yeah, I was. I think I was the right age when it came out. Um, it hit the UK shelves in 98, I believe. I was yeah. 10. I turned oh, 10 that year. I was born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the age difference between us is ten years. So yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, we are CC Society Pod, and if you want to send us an email, send email us at ccsocietypod at gmail dot com. I've been Tim. I've been Bobby. Thanks for listening. Bye. Me. I'm the Candy Man. <laughs> <laughs>